the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I do not know Ken Griffin. I know nothing about him. I've never come in contact with him. But what I do know is that Ken Griffin has done more for Chicago, more for Illinois, more for the well-being of Illinoisans, Chicagoans, and everyone in general, than all of these political whores put together, stirred up and shaken, because Ken Griffin has provided something that none of these political whores can provide. He has provided the opportunity and success he has paid taxes, an astronomical amount of taxes. He has stayed in Chicago, even though the better move would to be le- would, would have been to leave Chicago. And through him staying here and through him generating the massive amounts of taxes, just the property taxes alone that Ken Griffin has paid, have been phenomenal to the well-being of Chicagoans. That's just the way that the actual world works. Unlike J.B. Pritzker, he made his money. His mom didn't know whose lap to to sit on. She had no idea. In fact, Ken Griffin, his father, was a working man, blue-collar guy. His mother inherited farms. Ken Griffin, at the tender age of 20-something, developed a system to sell educational tools to school. That was his first entrepreneurial venture where he... That business still is in operation today. Everything this guy touched has made money and and given actual jobs to people. So when somebody like Ken Griffin gives you his advice, you listen. Because unlike J.B. Pritzker, unlike Lori Lightfoot, unlike Kim Fox, unlike Joe Biden, this man has actually achieved something without the bastardization of government. It's truly a phenomenon. Ken Griffin spoke the truth. Yet, J.B. Pritzker, the necklace J.B. Pritzker, his office and his sycophants, his communists, his Marxists, Ken Griffin is a liar. He lied to Congress last year, and he's lying to Chicagoans now. So you're a Chicagoan. You are an Illinoisan, the vast majority of you. You live among these Democrat, corrupt oligarchs. Is Ken Griffin a liar? The founder of Citadel, an investment empire headquartered here in Chicago, is blasting the city's crime rate. He told Crane Chicago Business that his company may only be here for years instead of decades if something doesn't change. Is there a business owner? You don't have to be a billionaire to share those thoughts. 
You just have to be a citizen walking the streets in what was once con- considered a good neighborhood in this, I guess you'd say, town. Ken, <clears throat> at the risk of being blunt, um, why are you still here in Chicago? And why are Citadel and Citadel Securities still here in Chicago? We aren't as here in Chicago as we were as much in 2013. We now have well over 1,000 people in New York. It's become the center point for our hedge fund. It's becoming ever more difficult to have this as our global headquarters, a city which has so much violence. I mean, Chicago is like Afghanistan on a good day. And that's 25 bullet shots in the glass window of the retail space in the building I live in. They tried to carjack the security detail that sits outside my house. That didn't go so well for the carjacker. (laughs) See, we don't have security. I don't know about how many Chicagoans do have security, but one thing's for sure, you all need it. Every single one of you need it. In fact, it's even if you were dumb enough to vote Democrat. If you are a moron who is not in on the scam and you feel bad about yourself and you think that these witch doctors and these swindlers are selling you a utopia that you're just waiting for them to deliver while you ignore the history of failure and corruption, and you may have voted Democrat. Are you safe in the city of Chicago? I mean, we come in on Monday and we have the count. We forget that there's a count every day. We forget that carjackers, that is the new business in Chicago that's thriving. Carjacking, drug dealing, robbing from stores. Ken Griffin has stayed here out of some sort of false sentimentality. That's why he's here. He shouldn't be here. Nobody should live under these circumstances, but unfortunately, most of us do, and we love it. Our families are here. We're tied to it. We don't love what's happening now, but we love the legacy of our families. We, it's the people we love. That's why you stay here. But if you looked at it and you had no ties to Chicago, would you come here? Should you come here? Should somebody who's not in on this political scam, which is what Chicago, Illinois specifically is, should they be here? Do you know that right now, even Lori Lightfoot, the fraud of all frauds, the woman who can, like Joe Biden, look in the camera, although her eyes are farther apart than Joe Biden's, look in the camera with those Geico eyes and lie right to your face. Even she is perplexed at the new mutual combat. They weren't just shooting into that house for no reason. And they clearly were not mutual combatants. They clearly were not shooting in self-defense when they initiated. By the way, I didn't read the whole story, but did Kyle Rittenhouse enter the, the plea of mutual combat? I mean, you want to talk about mutual combat. Antifa, he went there. That's mutual combat. But this stuff that we see, this is gang violence that's imprisoning people. That's enslaving people. That's going ignored by the politicians put in charge to prosecute the criminals. It is like nothing I've ever seen, but yet they have the audacity to come out and cop an attitude about their own failure and their own corruption. Here she is, the greatest asset to the gangster disciples in the history of the street gang. Kim Fox. Kim Fox came out swinging against the suggestion her office is soft on crime. This all stems from a shooting caught on camera last week in the Austin neighborhood where no one has been charged. Fox 32's Dane Placco is live with the latest on this. Dane. 
Yes, Sylvia, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox was clearly angry and came out firing on uh, Mayor Lightfoot, other political leaders, and uh, leadership at the Chicago Police Department at a news conference held this morning at this veterans building here on the south side. Now, Fox defended her office's handling of last week's deadly shooting in the Austin neighborhood, which was captured on video. One man was killed and two others were injured when a gunfight erupted outside a home. Several suspects were taken into custody, but the state's attorney's office released them over the weekend, saying witnesses were not cooperating. And that set off Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who yesterday blasted prosecutors for not filing charges, saying there is clearly enough evidence to at least hold the suspects on gun charges. Today, Fox responded, accusing the mayor and other political leaders of trying to score cheap political points. And yet I find myself here today having to respond to a narrative that was given by the mayor yesterday regarding a case that is still under investigation. This is the greatest atrocity in Chicago. And and by the way, this is where Al Capone and the old gangsters had bribed officials to allow this stuff to go on. Back then, the media was outraged at it. They didn't help, but our media, unfortunately, has become nothing but propagandists, nothing but cohorts, nothing but co-workers to this kind of corruption and fraud. But this is undeniable. Undeniable. And she comes out today and says it's an ongoing investigation and the perpetrators are back out onto the streets. There was a story the other day. A woman had her had her car stolen. It was returned. She had it stolen again. Same car in a matter of hours. This is now the norm. So the Ken Griffins of the world and the entrepreneurs of the world, should they in fact put up with this? And why would they? Because it only has to do with what Ken Griffin has, sentimentality. After all, this is where he built, where he was. He was rich before he got here, but this is where he built Citadel. Now you hear that he has thousands of people employed all throughout the country, just in New York alone, thousands. How much better would it be if if Chicago was a place that was safe, that nurtured him, that protected people like him, but instead it protects people like the gun violence participants? It protects drug dealers. It protects carjackers. It protects the scum among us. So sooner or later, the Ken Griffins of Chicago, and you don't have to be in that category of money to be of that caliber of humanity, are going to refuse to take it. And what's going to happen then? See, it's already happening. And these people will look right into your face and lie to you. It's very rare that we see a fight amongst the corrupt like this. Lori Lightfoot and Kim Fox. Normally, they are hand in glove in this kind of failure and corruption. The question is, when will those people not in on the scam, not a recipient of the government cheese, when will they stand up and demand that it change? Because if you're not going to do it today, as you live and wallow in their failure, which would be also known if you're thinking about voting Democrat, this is the, the utopia they build right here. Chicago, Illinois, baby, we are the destination of all Democrat policies. Now, sure, it looks a lot like failure if you have an IQ over 60, but if you don't, are you going to continue to vote for this? 312-642-5600. Would you leave if you were Ken Griffin? Would you move here if you were an entrepreneur or a businessman? Or would you only support this kind of corruption if, in fact, you were that scourge of the earth, the drug-dealing scum Bag carjacker rat. I think it's evident. We're going to take your calls when I get back. Chicago Blues, baby. Where it was born. 
been depressing to be in this sewer for quite a while. It didn't have to be like this. I thought when Louis Gutierrez and the rest of the political cohorts were caught manipulating their own taxes, the Mike Madigans, the Ed Burks, and their scheme to break the covenant of government and the citizen in the country since it was founded, that your taxation would only be on the ad valorem basis, the value of your real estate. I thought when people got wind of this, they would be disgusted and say, damn it, you're not better than me. You don't get to have this open and notorious scheme of corruption where politicians and those connected to him, those that bribe them, are alleviated from the taxation you put on the rest of us. I thought that would be the moment where people said, nope, not going to deal with it anymore. We're going to go to City Hall. We're going to demand an investigation. But as I look... And now you have the the Marxist mafia, the National Democrats, who've hired Chicago's very own, a real example of Democrat skullduggery. He is uh, the United States Attorney General now, Merrick Garland, who today announced that the FBI will be investigating parents who go to school boards and yell at the school board. Now you're the threat. The people who are demanding that the real example of socialism, the so-called school system, will not take any voices against the corruption that is the the monopoly over education in the public school system. And they will be held harmless of their corruption and failures. Now you will be investigated. Why doesn't Merrick Garland call an investigation to the gangster disciples and their apparatchiks? You see, because that's what, who runs this city. Just like it was when Al Capone bribed those well-dressed politicians... Although I think Lori Lightfoot does wear the vest. She's trying to bring back that whole corrupt politician from the 20s look. Now, the FBI and the Department of Justice and all the rest of it will investigate a city that is the pinnacle of political corruption, failure, and real abuse of law-abiding citizens, where an open shootout, no one is prosecuted. He doesn't want to do that. He he would rather investigate the parents. Use Use the FBI. He would rather use the FBI to investigate the people who speak against the monopoly of education. Ed, Northside. Hello? Yes, hi, Ed. Yeah, uh, Sean? Yeah. Yeah, Sean, let me tell you what the problem here is in Chicago, okay? And I'm a liberal, but I'm a rational liberal. That means I want no part of the Democratic Party. You have a police department that, for whatever reason, cannot stop this crime. Would you argue with that? I, I, I'll argue with the for whatever reason. The reason okay, is the reason is because the government persecutes and prosecutes the police versus the criminal. How much of this do you want them to put up with? Now, in okay. some cases, all dirty cops should be prosecuted. There's no no question about it. But you now have where good cops are being prosecuted, and good cops are being sued, and now they have been demonized demonized versus the gangs. When's the last politician that came out, Ed, and said, I'm going to break apart the street gangs, the drug dealers, the, the, the rats that are corrupting our children in schools and in after-school programs? When's the last time a politician said that? Or do they say, we are going to handcuff the police? I can't remember, okay? But let me tell you what I would do. You have an emergency in the city of Chicago. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Then call out the National Guard because the police aren't stopping this. See, but and like you, you say, and I you can argue why. I, I actually am a liberal with you when you really come down to it because I believe in the founding of this country, which is based on the individual. I can be nothing else. I can't force anybody to do anything. The National Guard will create havoc, and what's the point if they will not be prosecuted? 
by our law. You have to remove Kim Fox. You have to remove and replace her. Thank you for the call. Al, Carol Stream. How you doing, Sean? Good. How are you? Hey, I want to tell you about one aspect of my trip to South Dakota last week. All right. We, we watched the nightly news every night. The opening stories are about high school football and volleyball. Yeah. We get back here Sunday night. The opening stories are three different shootings. Yes. You have a better caliber Crazy. of person. I mean, I can sum this up for you very quickly. You have a better caliber of person. That's it. What is the root cause of this? You have paid people to be bad in every sense of the word. You have a welfare system here where if you are on the welfare system in Illinois, you receive benefits of a family of four equivalent to making $51,000 a year. Why would you do anything but be a rotten citizen? It's simple. You've enticed them to be rotten. Jeff and Bartlett. Bartlett. Sean, love the show. Hey, listen, uh, I know I'm not a big fan of big government, but you know what? Personally, martial law, get the riffraff, strike them hard with force, obviously, because guess what? They're using force, unnecessary and random force. But you know what? You got you to gotta stop it. So Jeff, someone, you know what's interesting? Yeah. Kim Fox yeah. beat you to it. What is mutual combat but martial law? What she's, got, what she's actually done is open up the door for the law-abiding citizen to strap on the six-shooter and start walking the streets. Mutual combat. There you go. You see the problem with it? She tried to use it to fix her corruption and to support those people who she really represents, the gangbanger. That's who she represents, the criminal, the gangbanger, the carjacker, the looter. So she called, she called mutual combat. So why not have mutual combat? I think she opened the door for martial law. And by the way, I think that should be uh, that should be the kid's defense. The moron kid, by the way. Moron kid, 18 years old, goes up to Kenosha. Everybody wants to wrap a flag around this kid. How's his mother say, oh, honey, don't forget your AK-47, you idiot. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking the call. Listen, uh, anybody that would basically um, uh, want to come to Chicago, they'd they, they have to be insane. I mean, if they listen to news, everything, I mean, what would they want to do to themselves, their family, or whatever? Like that. But the thing is, is that there's people that are just rotten, uh, corrupt people, and that yeah. they're the only ones. And they get elected, and we call them Democrats. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it very much. How much of this is, is the breaking point? See, here's the thing. Ken Griffin doesn't need Chicago. Chicago needs Ken Griffin. Because you cannot replace him with welfare. See, this is what Democrats are going to learn the hard way. You cannot replace the private economy with a public economy. It doesn't work. It's all bankruptcy, which is why Illinois went from a thriving hub. You, do you realize the amount of businesses the Democrat Party has destroyed in the city of Chicago? We didn't need the government 60 years ago, 70 years ago. It is through their corruption that the boards are up in the store. It is through their corruption that the good people are afraid to walk their dogs or go to a restaurant. Because the good people are prosecuted when the Democrats hold office, when the Democrats hold the levers of power. The good people suffer. The people who've always been honest their whole life. We lose to the Mike Madigans to the Ed Burks, to the Louis Gutierrez, to the Rahm Emanuel, to the Lori Lightfoot. We lose because they now hold the weapons of law. And you think once in a while they could at least use them as a shield for the good people. You're going to wait a long time for a pickpocket to cut his hand off. 
That's why Ken Griffin should take my advice and get the hell out of here. And I'm still mad at him. He bought this beautiful place in Florida. He didn't even call me. Jerk. All right, I'll be back after this. It's all a company plot to calm me down before segments. Not working. And all I have to do to get irritated is think about the idea we live amongst people that want to justify murdering the most defenseless among us, the babies. Why do you hate the babies, Democrats? Why? Here's an idea. Let's abort the criminals and pardon the babies. What do you say we go that route? That's just me. I'm silly that way, although I really have never wanted to commit violence on somebody who didn't deserve it. Those who deserve it the least are the babies. Emily Burning is the founder of Let Them Live. She's a radical. She thinks the babies should live as well. Emily, how are you, you crazy radical? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> now, what would make you look at an innocent baby with those chubby cheeks and the whole world in front of them and the future yet to be determined? What would make you look at this baby and say he deserve, he or she deserves to live? What is wrong with you? Can't you just embrace those evil bastards among us that want to kill him? I... <laughs> How's you know, that for a question, Emily, huh? You never thought you'd get a question like that, did you? Go ahead. It's your favorite yeah. one. <laughs> My favorite one. I really love your, uh, your, uh, I love your take on this. Um, it's so true. Nathan and I were, we're actually just talking about this. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense to me how you could look at a human being like that, right? And see it as disposable. No. Um, it doesn't make any sense to us. I have no answer because it, it doesn't make sense. Like a normal person would see a baby and think, oh, that's a human life. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't kill human beings, right? Like, yeah, I, I'm just, that, I'm lucky because my mother didn't have two cents. I mean, I'm very lucky. She didn't look at her balance and say, boy, I'd really like to whack this kid. The money's just not right. Timing is terrible. I'd like to get rid of this son of a gun right now. So thank God my mother had a sense of decency and an IQ over 60. However, I am perplexed by those people who tell me they're intellectual, yet one of the pillars of their fundamental beliefs is that the baby should die. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank you for starting this organization because you have an idea to change them so that if they have nothing in the bank, you come in. And why don't you tell the people what your organization does? Because I love it, it's brilliant, and it is the answer. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly like like you just said, that's exactly what it is. I mean, 73% of women in the United States are having abortions because of financial burden. And when Nathan and I, my husband and I started Let Them Live, it, it was obvious. It was so obvious that that's what we needed to do. And I, I have been wondering since the day we started Let Them Live, why has this not existed before in the pro-life movement? Find out why women are having abortions and help them with that. So when we started doing research and found that all of these women, 73% of them are having the abortions because they can't pay their rent or they just stay, they have no money. They lost their job, whatever it is. Um, that was such an easy, easy idea an easy solution. Um, you know, a lot of times too, the, the fear, uh, fear plays on, on a lot of people, especially women that are in pregnancies where they've been abandoned. A lot of our moms are dealing with um, their families kicking them out on top of them not being able to pay their bills. So there's a lot going on, um, but coming in and, and filling the role of, um, you know, of a partner or a mom or a dad or just a supporter like our donors and, and our organization coming alongside these moms that's what saves their baby from abortion. And, you know, the, the big question that Nathan and I have um, have had in the back of our mind when we started Let Them Live is, you know, what is the cost of a life, 
right? And and that's not really an easy question to answer because to us it's priceless. Um, but there is, uh, we have the ability to um, essentially pay for bills, and that saves a baby's life. Um, and we base this off of the work of Oscar Schindler um, when he he essentially paid for the lives of Jews. He paid the Nazis to uh Ooh, I to like buy where you're Jews going with this. Because I view yeah, I view Democrats as the new Nazis. I call them the Fourth Reich. So I like yeah. what you're doing. You bribe the the Fourth Reich and the members to let well, the life live. That, I like it. It's funny that you use that word too, because Nathan and I actually just got back from Ukraine last night at two in the morning. How's Hunter's investments doing? Did you check out Barisma? How's it going? Yes. So we just got back, right. and that's that's literally what they do in in Ukraine. There's so much bribing, but you know, we we uh, we are going to be working with an organization called Mission to Ukraine that does what we are doing in Ukraine. They help women uh, to choose life with with support. Um, but no, it's true. It's it's like how can we how can we come along and say, look, we can give you the support that Planned Parenthood is not going to give you, that other people are not going to be able to give you. Years and years ago, when I was a kid, and I first really kind of learned what abortion and the nonsense was, I was a teenager. And it was so surreal to me because I had been around so many people in my life that were wonderful, my family. And, uh, you know, when you first realize, you know, my first thought was, why do they hate the babies? And, you know, how could you kill them? And I'm an anti-government guy. Let me be very clear. I think that everything government does and everything it touches is corrupted and a failure. And I remember talking to a politician who was a Democrat at the time, but he was from my neighborhood. This is years and years ago in the 70s when Democrats weren't necessarily Marxists. And I said to him, why doesn't the government just buy the baby from the baby, from the from the mother that would kill him? Just give the mother whatever, 20 grand, 30 grand, whatever she needs. Take the baby into the orphanage system. Let it be adopted by people who love it. And this way the baby lives, the mother gets the money, let her go about her miserable existence, and now we will move forward. And he said, you know why that idea will never work? It'll shine a light on exactly what you're talking about. And I've noticed that through the years, they've hidden behind this word abortion. It's really brilliant in its deception, rather than shining a light on the fact that you're taking the life of the most innocent thing among us, and if we can't shine a light on it through reason... And we can't inspire the woman who is carrying that life to not kill the baby. We are a society that has damned itself because and it, it really leads you to the, so many of the policies of, of failure. They truly, yeah. there are a group of people among us who truly believe that we are the problem with everything, whether it's the yeah. global warming, whether it's the economy, whatever it is, it's humanity itself that is at fault. And it's hard to reason with somebody who'd be willing to, to uh, destroy their own child. So how is your success rate? It's, well, what, everything you're saying is so true. It, it's such a difficult position to be in because on the one hand, you know, for myself, I can speak for myself. I'm wondering how can this happen? And with women in one ear, they're hearing people tell them, this is just, this is just a normal thing. This is your right. You're not aborting anything. You're aborting. It's just, you're not even aborting. You're, you're just, you know, just taking care of a problem. You're getting rid of a clump of cells. Um, and, and that's what they're being told. That's what our culture tells women that abortion is okay. It's normal, et cetera. And if that's all you're hearing, then that's all you're going to know. Um, let them live. It's funny. I actually just emailed our, our, uh, our uh, director of counseling to, to send us the, the, 
our success rate, but it's very high. I would say it's over 95%. Oh, Um, that is so wonderful. And I'm so proud of you, Emily, you and your husband. This is such, I mean, that's, you people are the richest people I know because what you're doing is you're saving the future. And these kids can go on to be anything. Now, some may choose to be like their parents, but others may choose to be Ken Griffins or or just wonderful people or doctors or whatever the case is. And we have the opportunity to to work with these kids as they grow up and tell them their story. We've known them their whole lives and tell them, look, your mom was in this position, but we helped her. And that's why you're here, because she didn't abort you, because she chose life. And that's, that's a really impactful thing for kids to hear because then when they grow up, they're going to remember that. They're going to remember that their mom almost had an abortion and they almost wouldn't have been here. Do, do, um, and that's, that's really impactful. Do you know how many people know that Roe v. Wade, that she actually had the baby and that baby is 51 years old now? You know how many yes, morons that keep touting that law have no idea she actually had the baby, you morons, and she's a vibrant woman? who had a wonderful life and has kids of her own. Um, It's just astonishing to me. So I love organizations like this. And it turns out there are people in states, mainly Republican states, that also feel the same way we do. And there are laws that these states are enacting that are really catching hold and saving lives as well. Are you finding a, um, a rebuke among people because they've been propagandized to these laws? Or are you finding that these laws are actually helping your cause? Um, the, I mean, the laws are, the thing is, is with laws, you know, I, I'm not so, I don't really follow the laws because I do think that we've made some great strides. You know, Texas is a good example. Are we done in Texas? Absolutely not. There's still work to be done. Women are still going to be looking for the abortion pill even, even more now. Um, so, you know, our work continues regardless of what goes on. Um, but the, the, the beautiful thing about Let Them Live and about organizations like Let Them Live that are more removed from legislation and, and politics is that we have an opportunity to reach people on the other side, using air quotes, um, a lot easier. We have many donors who are consider themselves pro-choice, um, and, and we have an opportunity to change their minds and show them that, look, this is a human being and abortion is not a viable option. Um, so like I said, regardless of what, of the laws, um, you know, we're able to assist women and we're going to have to be there to assist women because the, the um, pro boards they're coming up with more and more creative ways to get, to get women um, in for abortions. Let them live is a pro-life way of supporting women, but, on the other side of things, there's so many pro-abortion organizations that are paying for women to have abortions. Um, so if, if, if there's organizations paying for women to have abortions, then why are we not funding life? And that's the big question. So our work is cut out for us, that's for sure. Um, and we can't rely on legislators. We can't rely on other people to do the work for us. I don't necessarily put trust in government officials. Um, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> because I, I know that I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to do this work and my heart is in the right place and let them live our team. Everybody's heart is in the right place. And we're not going to just hopefully rely on somebody else in Congress to, to vote the way we want them to. Now that's important, but I know, and I can speak for millions of pro-life people when I say that it's not enough to put our trust in somebody else to do the work for us. We have to hit the ground running every single day to help support these moms and their babies. Emily Burning, founder of Let Them Live. What's the name of the site? Is it .org or .com? It is .org. Let them live .org. I want to thank you for your time, and I want to let you know I am 
just proud to have talked to you. I think what you're doing is the most important thing that can be done. And uh, I think it's beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very honored to talk to you, too. All right. We'll be back with your calls after this. You know, I'm astonished by the people that are afraid to discuss it. I really, really am. I remember when I first started to fill in on radio, I never got advice. or They've been wonderful to me. Never, like, told me, don't talk, don't say nothing. But I remember the big guy was like, look, you know, I know your strong beliefs on this and it might not be something you want to touch. Really? See, you should never tell a guy like me that. Because to me, it's it's just common sense. It's common sense. And it doesn't. And this notion that you you have to be a woman to discuss it. Really? Are you out of your mind? I'm the dad. I'm the, I, I, I'm the one that makes the world go wrong. Why do I have to be a woman to discuss it? If you can't see the blessings in a baby, then I'll enlighten you. Because if you don't see the blessings in a baby, you as a society have no future. None, zero. And it's not just about the policies. It's because it sets in tone what's really important to you. A baby represents the future. It represents endless possibilities of everything that can be. It's just uh, despicable. So if I have to buy them, then we'll buy them. Right? I mean, if you've got to buy them, how much? What do you want? After all, it's one of my favorite. How much for the little girl? How much? After all, how much for the little girl? How much for the little boy? Because this is what we have to do. The, the notion that we as a society go around arguing this. If you can't come to an agreement. How much for the little girl? Perfect. If you can't come to an agreement on the most precious thing among humanity, regardless of anything, of everything, it's the kids. Which is why I fight so hard against this ridiculous system where you imprison them. With your own failures. Yes, I'm talking about the public school system. The whole damn thing should be rolled up and scrapped. You've done such a disservice to society. Look at these idiots we have running around here. Look at it. They grow up in this system that the government created. They have no value on life, not their own, not anything. Look at the most dangerous areas in this country. What do they all have in common? They have no other alternative to schooling. None. The ghettos have no alternative to schooling. Kids are forced to go into that, that, that failure, that, that joke of a system. It's a joke of a system where it breeds a violence we can't wrap our head around. Fights are breaking out between students in high schools in Joliet. Yeah, parents say things are out of control. Joni is live right now with the details. Good morning, Joni. Good morning. It's gotten to the point where the parents went out. The students are put on notice. There are up to 70 suspensions already with one arrest. And then there is that special board meeting tonight. There is video of one of the fights, and it is disturbing. This video shared on social media. The principal of Joliet West was trying to break up a brawl on Friday, and she was punched multiple times while other students took video of the fight. So kids beat her up. And other kids took video because the kids themselves have been raised by not just morons, but in a system that breeds this type of self-loathing, this low caliber of humanity, this subhuman culture. Because you've taught them from the time they were born. They were raised by people who felt they were expendable. I'll have an abortion this time. I'll have two not more down the line when I can afford it, whatever the case is. It's a philosophy of absolute and total loathing for humanity. That's why this kind of living in the year 2021 is normal. Who's committing all these carjackings in the city of Chicago? Children, kids, punks. Who's selling dope on the corner? Who runs the gangs? Kids. 
And the answer the Democrats have is to abort them rather than raise them. Because they don't want to tell them the truth because every single belief structure they have is built on a lie. Everything. Every platform the American Democrat has is built on the lies of the old Soviets, the lies of the Cuban communists, the lies of the Venezuelan fraud Marxists. And we're going to discuss the Biden administration in the next segment. See, that's called the segue in the radio business. How'd you like it? We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Are you ready for this, boys and girls? Collectivism, socialism, pick your branch on the tree of government tyranny, whether it's communism, Marxism, socialism, whatever the hell it is. It's a lie. It's built on lies. There is no utopia in this world. The best you can do is be a free man and reap what you sow, even when it's bad, even when the scumbags out there are scumbags. That's the danger. Liberty, freedom, it's not for everybody. The vast majority of people want to be slaves. They really do. Because in that is a security. They think someone is taking care of them. Those con artists among us capitalize on this. Now, the smart ones go into politics. Because in politics, you can tell an obvious, open lie. Look with your eyes wide open at a camera. Because you don't see the faces. And lie to a nation. So the feeble fascist, Diapers Biden, was in Michigan. Spewing that same utopian BS that every swindler and con man and demagogue has been spewing since the dawn of time. I'm not going to bore you with that nonsense of build back better, got to build back better. From the middle out and the bottom up, whatever the hell this idiot is spewing. Without realizing and paying homage to the greatest country and the greatest system of not just economics, but life itself. Now, they are like to lie to certain people, that mainly the ones they educate, who buy their nonsense and then have to live in their ghettos and continue to ask for more help from their abuser. And they're too stupid to recognize it. So they continue to support it. But I am the resistance to the Marxist mafia. This is the resistance to the Marxist mafia. So when they come out and they say this. Raising the debt limit comes down to paying what we already owe. You're wrong. You swindler. Swindler. Liar bastard. I tried to shut him up, but I hit, hit the wrong button. Liar. That's an absolute and total lie. We've gone through the numbers when you break them down on the record revenue. The government doesn't make $300 billion a month. They make $388. That's what they've made these last nine months. That's what they've made. $388 a month. We've got all the money to pay all of the seniors, all of the warriors, all of the veterans, all of the benefits we've already been obligated to. Now, those systems themselves 
I will prove to you one-on-one at a later date or whenever we have the time for it that they are lies themselves. There is no social security system. That is a lie, a con job that FDR actually hired professional advertisers on Madison Avenue to sell to the people. There was never a trust fund. It doesn't exist. It was never funded. They, they mash it all together. It's a tax that they like and they keep and they know and hope that the vast majority of Americans don't believe it. But what is happening now in this particular moment in time, when you really view it, it's exciting to be here. Because this is the time right now where America will decide, does it want to be a collectivist society led by political whores who become those Venezuelan oligarchs, those Soviet oligarchs, that corrupt commissar? Or do they want to restrain the only people in this whole damn country that were ever meant to be restrained? The politician. That's what the debt ceiling is. It's not about paying old debt, you lying, diaper-wearing dimwit. It is about restraining you bastards. That's all it's about. Restraining you from more corruption, more waste, fraud, and abuse. That's all it is. So I I noticed that we have these 80-year-olds meandering around Washington in the time of a very dangerous virus, but we'll cover that next hour. They're all meandering around Washington, and they're stealing from our children, our great-grandchildren, those generations yet unborn for a thousand years. That's the kind of numbers we're talking about. But I'm here to tell you something. They're afraid of the resistance to the lie they spew. Same thing in the Soviet system. Back in the Soviet system, it lasted for 72 years. It was all built on a lie. The people started to get wind of it. And they, their resistance to it is what I'm asking you to resist. Point out the lie and never believe it and reject it to all you know. That's how we win. Right now, the fear that's going on is that you will cause a run on the banks when you get wind of what they're doing, which is turning bankers into de facto tax collectors and IRS agents. That in this bill, hidden in this bill, is not just billions and billions of handouts to the welfare culture they hope is their base and they know is their base. And by the way, it includes the illegals. We'll get to that article later. In this bill is a weaponization of all bureaucracies against every single citizen. And Once that tyranny is on, they then can do what the Chicago Mafia does. If you want to pay property taxes that are the value of your property, you will bribe one of us. We'll call him a lawyer and we'll pretend he does real estate taxes. Sure, he's connected to the oligarch mafia. Don't pay attention to it. That's the system they dream for. They have backdoor nationalized and been working to nationalize the private economy since 1912. That's their objective. And they were working on it before then. They just didn't have the weapons. Now they have the weapons. Here's the good news. There are 21 states that are fighting to resist this. 21 states are fighting to push back on it. Now, what I love about this clip is that not only did Misty Callahan find it through her diligence and hard work, but it is a woman senator, a woman senator. See, and the Marxist mafia relies on people not thinking. So they pretend to represent women when they represent Very small fractions of them. They pretend to represent minorities when they represent very small fractions. Once you discuss the nature of their policies, they don't want to discuss it. So when Cynthia Loomis, she is a senator out of Wyoming, 
has this back and forth with Mrs. Doubtfire, which, by the way, Janet Yellen is a corrupted, mentally, ideologically, and, a, and, and not a very handsome woman, and yet she is one of the most powerful on the planet. So I love this exchange. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And, and let me say something on behalf of the people I represent in Wyoming. And this is not pointed to either party. This is pointed to the Congress of the United States. It is absolutely irresponsible that we are $28 trillion in debt and that both parties sit here and blame each other for what they both did irresponsibly. It's absolutely unconscionable what we have done to the people of this country. It's both parties' faults. It's the Congress's fault, and we need to address it. But we're so busy making each other look like the rat's rear end that we won't address the real problems in this country that led us to be 28 trillion plus in debt and now asking to get further in debt. And the reality is, it is the lies that we the people have allowed the incompetent professional politician, formerly known on my show as political whores, tell us time in and time out, bald face lies. I'm going to go to Washington now, where President Biden is warning of dire consequences if the United States goes into default. So it is possible that the U.S. will not pay its debt. That is impossible. It is impossible for the American government to not pay its debts. Because here's the secret. They owe you. They don't owe anybody else. $388 billion a month. $44 billion in debt service, $20 billion in the Ponzi scheme of Social Security. Veterans and the rest of it make up a meager $15 billion. The rest is, they're already wasting it. It's all of their pets' projects. They have somehow been able to spend this, to, to, to weave this lie. That without their spending, the economy falls apart. Yet, they constantly need to go in more debt to continue the lie. It is time right now. We are the generation that has the opportunity to break the back of these liars through our own knowledge and demanding that they no longer continue the scheme. That's what needs to happen. Do you have the courage to do it is the question. And it's the old Soviet system. The only way you can fight the Soviet ideology of communism is to reject the lie. That's what I'm asking everybody to do. Reject the lie. This whole damn thing that we've allowed these son of a dogs to do to us is a lie. All of it. And until we understand we need the courage to break the acceptance of this lie, we're just going to continue to perpetrate it. And now you're going to pick your favorite liar. I think it's time we make that stop. By the way, in the debt ceiling... Adam Kinzinger voted to lift it for all you Republicans. Tea party, tea party. Look what you produced. Adam Kinzinger and the Irish gypsy that used to be here. Morons and swindlers. The only restraints in this country are meant to be on them, not us. So I want the IRS to take a look into Janet Yellen. You think she's like the rest of the Fed chairman? Oh, we're going to cover that when I get back. They've been swindling us for decades, and these rats have been making hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions. Not a million, not a million to five million, hundreds of millions. They're billionaires. The only difference between them and Ken Griffin is he did it without the assistance of the knowledge of the corrupt Federal Reserve. Corrupted. That whole damn system needs to be revamped. Remember 
when even Trump used to say audit the Fed. What happened to that? We'll discuss that and more. 312-642-5600. I like this theme. I love it. So Loomis confronting Mrs. Doubtfire. Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen wants to pretend to stick up for herself in the IRS. She's sticking up for the IRS. Senator Loomis, I really disagree with the assessment that you have, and I think you misunderstand the proposal. Banks already report directly to the IRS the interest that they pay on accounts when it exceeds $10. But they don't give the name. See, that's the difference. And that's what the people know. You have the power. My suggestion to everybody who's not in on this scam, if you're not a recipient of government cheese, if you make the world go around, if you believe in American principles, is God forbid this thing passes, which I think it will. Run on the bank. Give me my money. It's through that resistance that we win. Because the other thing that's really going on is they've been insider trading this, their own policies and their information for a millennium. Morning, Joe. Yeah, Dallas Fed President Robert Kaplan held 27 separate stock alternative assets and fund holdings valued at more than a million dollars. And he conducted sales and or purchases in excess of a million dollars in 22 of those holdings during 2020. That is according to the review of his latest financial disclosures. Kaplan's holdings and transactions appear to be larger and his trading more frequent than his fellow Fed bank presidents. The Dallas Fed says none of his actions violated the bank's code of ethics. In a statement to CNBC, a spokesman said... All transactions were reviewed by the Dallas Fed's general counsel who confirmed the transactions were in compliance with the bank's code of conduct. No trades were made during the Federal Reserve's blackout period during which trading activity is prohibited. The blackout period, when Fed officials typically cease making public statements on monetary policy and the economy, runs from the week before to two days after an FOMC meeting, typically. Kaplan amassed his fortune at Goldman Sachs, where he served as a vice chairman of of investment banking and has divested hundreds. Goldman Sachs, the devil in Goldman Sachs. That's where it's all cultivated, right there. Then there was Rosengrin, whatever. New York, there's a thousand other ones in on this scam, and you ain't one of them. So rather than focusing on how the IRS should point on how you want to give your son or your daughter or your mother or your aunt or whoever the hell you want $601, let's take a look into these scumbags. What do you say, IRS and the FBI, or are you too busy taking your orders from Political apparatchiks like Merrick Garland, Chicago Democrat Mafia foot soldier. I think it's the latter. Otherwise, you wouldn't allow this to happen. The idea that, oh, they looked into it? So let me get this straight. They investigated themselves. Ooh, that's like Al Capone's organization. They used to investigate themselves, too. Stop buying the lie. And then maybe we can convince the people who suffered under these policies that they've been swindled. And they should stop accepting it, too. This is the time to resist. Mike in Plano. What happened to Mike? Hold on. Sean. Yeah. Hey, Sean. I know you're not a populist, and I respect you for that because you're a man of principle. But if you listen to some of these guys that you don't necessarily like, like Steve Bannon and Pierre Navarro, their show for the last several weeks has basically been your show. They're saying all the same things that you've been saying about the debt and the deficits, not just here, but globally. The uh, housing, uh, the 
real estate crisis in China, all that stuff's going on. Well, that's and they the, said the that's... same thing you said. They said that we have the power to stop this. And the reason you're seeing this much fight out of Republicans is because of them and other people in the populist base like us that have been uh, urging them to fight. They would have caved on this weeks ago, Sean. No, Mike, but but do you understand that the reason that I dislike corporatists to a certain extent is because they mix the principles of capitalism yet work on the fringes to bastardize those principles. But what I'm speaking about is any capitalist will recognize from Steve Bannon and the rest of them. It doesn't matter if they understand the fundamental principles of capitalism, whether they're choosing to expose it at this date or when they practice them themselves is irrelevant to me. But I have to tell you, Mike, I don't listen to anybody else. So if I'm sounding like them, it is by accident. It's good to see some unity, Sean, on, uh, you know, because yeah. I know you've always uh, differed, and it's good to see that uh, because they got a lot of followers that are new to politics, yeah. like me. I've only been following a few years, so uh, well, it's just good to raise up a generation that actually cares about well, I appreciate that, Mike. I, I, think, that I appreciate that. that. Uh, I we do. need to bring that debt clock back to CPAC, definitely. The, yeah, wonderful, and we got a clean CPAC up, so we stop getting corporatists in there from Goldman Sachs. That's all I feel like. Because there is no good version of corruption. The idea is that people are supposed to know the difference in the principles. And why this country of 245, 46 years old, soon to be 46, is, is, was the strongest and the richest and the best. is because it believed in these principles we speak of. And everybody should know them. Everybody should know them. And what we should know is the principle of not allowing these political self-aggrandizing frauds to capitalize on it. Because, by the way, you think this is just going on with Kaplan. You think it's just going on with Rosengrin, whatever the case. It's not. It's the system we've allowed to be set up. And if we're going to correct it, we're going to have to have the will to do so. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. A friend of mine sends me a text. It, it, I had very good friends that worked for Goldman Sachs on the floor. Individuals back then, they used to be capitalists. This is before they were successfully Enron the entire country and corrupted it. And that's a Republican, by the way, did that. Um, and he said, hey, you love these guys in Goldman Sachs. Yeah, I did. I, I do. I haven't seen them in years. But those are individuals. When a company and people subscribe to the idea that there is such a thing as uh, uh, too big to fail, a public underwritten investment firm. That's not capitalism. That's corporatism. And those people tend to talk of the principles of capitalism the whole time never subscribing to them. So to me, companies like the current Goldman Sachs and the corruption that it, uh, it thrives on is why I reject the so-called market. Why I understand when you see an update, it has nothing to do with the economy. It has to do with the government's agreement to continue to fraud the economy. These are reasons that I disagree with individuals. So Steve Bannon, unfortunately, is one of those people. I don't agree with him on anything. I think he represents the worst parts of corporatism. And I will never consider him a teammate of mine or the rest of it. We do. I do have a funny story with Misty Callahan, though. I love the author Peter Schweitzer. Love him. I think he's written some of the best books. I'm, and when I first got the show, I tried to get him on. And, you know, it looked me up, and they're like, "Ah, this guy railed against Steve Bannon," and they're all in that cult. And that is, by the way, I don't, I don't view them as on my team. It wouldn't come on because I'm not one of those guys. And I spoke against corporatism. I will always speak against corporatism because, to me, the most important thing you can do on this earth 
is not sell your dignity, not sell your ideology, not break to the temptation of corruption. That to me, money is comes and goes. It doesn't mean much. It allows you to acquire things and yeah, toys and stroke big checks. But at the end of the day, when you're on that bed and you're dying, does it matter what you have? Or does it or what's important is the knowledge that you gave it your best and you didn't sell yourself. To me, that's the only rich that matters. That's why when I spoke to, um, boy, I'm blanking on her name and it's terrible, Emily Burning and her husband who started that, they're probably going to die with, who knows, probably very little money in the bank. They're the richest people I know. When people can amass money and keep their integrity, that's wonderful. And you can only do that in honest capitalism. Not the bastardized version of capitalism these politicians are selling or swindling, or certain people among us. So when you hear a lie... Your obligation is to reject a lie. Raising the debt limit comes down to paying what we already owe. No, it doesn't. Lie. And he goes on to tell lie upon lie upon lie. And it's time we reject it. If we can get big numbers to reject it, great. But when those people spew the ideology of too big to fail, publicly underwritten investment property or homes, and they refuse to recognize when government spends money... It may think it's doing well, but what it's doing is is corrupting the pool of actual private economy and destroying the future and creating situations where you're going to fail in areas you didn't think you'd fail in. And they call that crisis, energy crisis, inflation, commodity price spikes, all of it, all created by political decisions. It's time we go on that. But that's Econ 102. We got to get 99% of the country to pass Econ 101. And that's the hard thing to do. Gary, in his car. Yeah. Hi, Chilla. Thanks for taking my call. I'm Ed O'Hare, first-time caller, long-term listener. Oh, I love that. Thank you for calling. I really mean it. I mean it. It takes a lot to call, and I appreciate you doing it. Well, I have I have to just say this. Um, I've invested in the stock market since 1989. I remember October very clearly. And all I can say is that we're in the biggest bubble we've ever been in. If you look at the Buffett indicator, we're over 200%, you know. Yeah. And the only reason this thing's going up is because we have debt. This is the equivalent of the parents saying, we're going to Disneyland, we're buying bikes, we're doing all this good stuff. But in reality, it's all been run up on a credit card. Yeah. You're exactly and, right. And and by the way, it was 87, the crash, but I agree with you. Thank you. And, yeah, 87. And uh, uh, the reality is there are, there are fundamentalists who recognized when George Bush uttered the most deceptive words since Joe Biden talked, um, I have right. to break the rules of communism in, or, or of capitalism in order to turn it communism, but to save it, um, that was the end. And all they could do, and, and you know, notable capitalists recognized at that moment, you are only going to survive on the Keynesian lie of creating debt to fake success. So, and that's where we are. Yeah. And what, now we're, how, but there's two things that's going to happen. Number one, we're either going to have the uh, world stop buying our bonds, and number two, uh, we're going to get inflation. Well, because. We're running two hundred and fifty million or two hundred and fifty billion dollars every month uh, and buying bonds. The Fed's going to stop that from happening because they're going to buy their own bonds. And but Gary, the only thing that's going to happen is going to be inflation. What do we have? Inflation. Right. So what, what you just described something that most people don't know. 
the rest of that those billions of dollars that they're making record setting isn't going for services to the people. It isn't going to run the government. It is going to continue to, to, to fraud the lie that is our economy, that they need the rest of that money because they are buying and faking a demand for American bonds. So it's, it, it's brilliant, Gary, that you know that, and I'm very glad you do that. puts you in a very small percentage. It's like, the, it's like the odds of dying from COVID. Very small percent of the population knows that. So I love it and keep spreading it because what you just did on this show – is more important than any politician did. You just you articulated to the audience exactly why they need to keep telling this lie, because they've already committed their revenue into perpetrating the Ponzi scheme of a Keynesian economy. Thank you, very, Gary, very much for the call, and it's an extremely important one. And it's through guys like Gary, it's through shows like this, even if they were sometimes occupied by populist conmen who worked at Goldman Sachs, whatever the case is, that the information gets out. And, and your obligation is to tell everyone you know. This this country has been reaping more revenue than it ever imagined. We're setting records constantly. Yet the politicians don't want to speak of it because it would it would lead people to understand their policies are what creates our downfall. Each thank you. Meantime, the price of energy is soaring, which means we're all going to be paying more. How much more? Here's what we know. The price of oil today hitting levels we haven't seen since 2014. Now, see, they're going to blame it on COVID. But since we got rid of the ideology of failure, known as the Democrats, we have thrived through very smart, specific policies that Trump implemented. Very smart. The smartest is the energy. Because when that is reasonable, now everything can grow. Because unfortunately, in spite of the eco-Nazis and the swindlers out there, oil is the lifeblood of life. Without inexpensive, available oil, your quality of life is terrible. So when that is cheap, when we are producing, because by the way, America is blessed because it has the best oil. Most people will get into the specifics of sweet, crude, and crude. We have the best. When we are producing it, life is the best. The policies of the Biden administration will lead to runaway failure and destruction. And it is only through this incompetence and this corruption of this policy, and every one of his economic policies are corrupt, could you destroy an economy like America's? And they're hell-bent on doing it. Our job is to push back against their ability to do it. All right, I can't get the little mouse here. Craig LaGrange. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Greg, uh, question and a comment. Yeah. Um, we found one-on-one lesson. On the break, I heard the clip from the president saying that we've taken our foot off the investment accelerator and that we need to get back to investing in this country. Question for you, Professor, is <laughs> it's how can you possibly explain to me that by taxing us more and taking money out of our hands, which we would invest into private companies and in our own best interests, is better than giving it to the government to invest in prop and get those companies up and running. And the comment, the comment is, you know, I love you guys. You guys prove to be a per, uh, a wonderful service. It's it's enjoyable to listen to you guys every day. Even you, Sean. I mean, I appreciate. I don't it. get tired of it. Thank you. Thank you. But the question is, why are the politicians? Why can't the politicians open their mouth and come out? And say something when something absurd like that is said. Because you've, why can't, you've they, why can't we get a clip? You, because, from the because you've created a system in politics. There's there's two parts. You've created a system in politics where the only way a, poli- a, a person can be elected is if he sells 
himself to very corrupt factions in the government. So, I mean, to, in the private sector. So he can't come out and say what I've said because he's partaken in the worst part of capitalism, the corruption of it. He's been bribed by companies to run for politics. And, and that's the system we, the people, have allowed politicians to create. You can't run unless you've got millions and millions and millions and millions. And not only do you have to have it, you have to be willing to waste it. Right? So waste it on airtime and all the rest of it. So you've got the system that feeds on itself. It's a snake eating its tail. And until that system is corrected from the beginning and we somehow eliminate the bribery that we call paying politicians, contributing, whatever the case is, you're going to have more and more of this corruption. That's that's number one. Number two, and the, and the first part of your question is, you know, what's the point? Why do they do this? You have the mindset of the collectivist, the Democrat. The collectivist wants to have control over everything, whether it's in the front door or through the back door of subsidizing and underwriting companies. So that's them. Then you have the corporatist on the Republican side, the Fabian. They feel that unless you're in their club, you're too stupid to have your own freedom in your own businesses. So you've got two very bad entities. This is ironically the best time right now for us to break the system as it is. Because now is when you have the Democrats, the people who have been forced to vote Democrat and live in the ghettos they build, and you have the people who do not want to be corporatists, the small business people, who don't want to take the PPP, who don't want to have the IRS know where $600 is going. Now is the perfect time to break the system. But you have to go in knowing we're going to break that system. And the Janet Yellens of the world, you're going to jail, fatso, and take your cohorts with you. And the rest of it. Now's the time. And they're afraid of us. Right now, they're afraid of us. Because if you've got over $5,000 in the bank and you pull it out, they got a problem on their hands. Because they've been loaning that money out at 10 times the number. So if you got 100000 in the bank, there's a million dollars in loans based on your hundred grand. When you go get it, they don't want to give it to you. And they don't want you to know it. I say it's time we go get it. Now it's time enough of the talk. Let's go get the money. We'll break this son of a dog. 312-642-5600. I love this song. One of my favorites. Did you ever see the movie on his life? Oh. I highly, highly recommend it. Jamie Foxx plays him. Absolutely brilliant. There's another diabolical reason that they want you to focus on the so-called market, even though all 30 companies that make up the Dow Jones are underwritten by you. And that is because they want you to believe there is such a system, such a utopian vision as a public sector pension, and that they've been investing and that somehow it can afford to pay the people. It cannot. It is an absolute fraud and a lie, but most people like the lie. I mean, that's really the problem with America in general. Tom in Blue Island. Sean, how are you? Good. I have a structural question for you, and I'll make it quick. Um, from reading Reagan and listening to Limbaugh, Hannity, Mark Levin over the years, I've been taught that conservatism is about rugged individualism as much as anything else. Faith, family, country. Yet, where I live, I grew up in Mount Greenwood. Uh-huh. I live in Blue Island. You have men that have lived their whole lives, city workers, police, firemen, uh, whatever, utility guys who have now developed a circumstance where they are getting pensions that Prof often talks to that are not sustainable. But are they not? They are acting in their own best interest, yet their pensions are what is debilitating the city of Chicago. So how does conservatism cross, transcend that line? They're acting in their best interest, Sean. But acting no, in their best interest well, is their best the interest, is 
It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting, Tom, uh, because their best interest is to promote the same lie that the uh, the public sector pension system is. That's a lie. Absolutely. It's not a pension system. So they're not acting in their best interest. They're acting in their in their best greed. The system that they subscribe to, they knew the answer was corrupt. They knew it was a mathematical impossibility. I have friends, relatives, they did the same thing. I, I understand why they did it, but it's a lie. And and here's the other lie. It's not a pension system. It's an employment agreement. So to a certain extent, they're entitled to it because that's the agreement they signed on to. The problem is the people that don't understand the difference. That The public sector is not a pension agreement. It's a payoff for being a loyal foot soldier. We need to start telling the truth about everything if we're going to win. the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. Throughout history, man has been selling this idea of a utopia delivered by altruistic statesmen who are loved by millions and millions of people as they somehow are able to lie, nobly of course, to the masses. Yet, throughout history, those same people have become some of the deadliest dictators among us. This has been sold in Russia and China, Cuba. Zimbabwe, Iran. When I uh, saw the title of this next book, I said, Misty, please get me this author. I want to talk to him. I didn't realize at that time it was Donald Critchlow. He's the author. Several books throughout history. Some of them are protest in the American democracy, Republican charter from Nixon to Reagan, conservative ascendancy. I want to thank you for joining me, Mr. Critchlow. How are you? Hey, Sean. Uh, thanks a lot for having me uh, on, and I love your opening, a man with a cigar in one hand and a constitution in the uh, in the other. Yes, well, so, the Constitution, uh, it's the Declaration of Independence is in the trunk of my car. The Constitution is in the armrest, and the cigar is actually in my hand as we speak. And okay, I, I'm looking forward to your new book, Five of the Deadliest Revolutionary Monsters. And I'm wondering, Mr. Critchlow, as you... Uh, have lived your life and done your research, you're a student of history. Are you shaken by the American Marxist here, the Democrat, spewing the same idea of a well-managed utopia? And are you concerned about how it will deliver a dictator in the future? Yes, uh, well, I wrote uh, Revolutionary uh, Monsters, uh, about uh, Lenin, Mao, Castro, Mugabe, and Khomeini, uh, with a concern uh, in mind that uh, the majority of our uh, youth, 52%, in one survey, uh, showed that they support socialism. Another 20%, get this, Sean, another 20%, uh, believe that private property should be abolished and owned by the state. Ugh. So that's what inspired me uh, and prompted me to write Revolutionary Monsters. 
to show how these false prophets uh, uh, can beguile people into thinking that you can have complete social equality and it leads to uh, a grim and tragic history with millions of people, uh, millions, tens of millions of people uh, dying and uh, suffering under this uh, uh, beguilement of uh, that we can have a perfect, uh, so perfect social equality. So, I, uh, so anyway, that's what the book's about. Are you shocked when you see that these children, these these recipients of freedom, of liberty, of capitalism, of the absence of a strongman government, are you surprised when you see them embrace the ideology and the willing servitude of the witch doctor? Leninist, Maoist, Castro-like dictators. Are you are, are you surprised? Do you do you want to? Now you're you, you know I'm an older guy. I'm in my fifties. When I hear these young punks tell me of the virtues of communism and socialism, I want to slap them in the ear. How do you do it? How do you live amongst it? You're a professor. How do you just say you ungrateful son of a gun? Do you not know what you speak of? Well, I. Uh... Well, that's why I wrote Revolutionary uh, Monsters, so uh, they can learn some real history. And I, of course, we all feel frustrated when we hear uh, uh, young people, and I hear it all the time from parents saying their children are attacking them for being racist, homophobic, uh, and so forth. Uh, and uh, the parents are shocked. Uh, of course, we feel frustrated and, and even angry. But I don't think we should blame our uh, youth. Uh, we should uh, uh, blame our educational system that's been indoctrinating uh, K through 12 and university uh, students for a long time. And even more, Sean, you're doing your job uh, trying to uphold uh, a constitutional republic. But we should blame ourselves for allowing this to uh, happen. I like We're seeing a soft despotism, that's uh, authoritarianism, that's turning uh, harder right now. We see the FBI being unleashed to uh, investigate parents protesting at uh, school boards. So who we want to blame? We could blame the uh, uh, we could blame uh, this uh, the radical progressives. We could blame our university teachers and all the woke corporations, but we should also uh, blame ourselves in part for allowing this to get as far as it has. Are the children surprised when you let them know that Karl Marx was a reporter who was embraced by American publishing at the time when he was still alive? Are you are, are they shocked to know that the New York Times specifically? embraced yeah, well, Adolf Hitler that, that and seems, Marx yeah, and that Lennon. seems to me like a secondary uh, issue. I'll tell you how. Uh, so the other uh, day in uh, class, and I teach at Arizona State, a large public uh, university, and uh, in class the other day we were talking about the difference, and I don't propagandize, by the way, I'm a conservative, and I just try to teach uh, serious history. Uh, without uh, strong political points of view, of course, if you're teaching you know, uh, uh, in an objective manner, that's in fact a, uh, a kind of a political point of view these days. But anyway, so I asked, we were talking about the difference between a political revolution, one that uh, seeks uh, the rights of uh, individuals, 
uh, an equal opportunity and a social revolution uh, that, that seeks complete social equality. And uh, so I mentioned the Polish uh, revolution after uh, 1989 and uh, saying that, suggesting that that was a political revolution and not a social revolution. It was a successful political revolution. And the student, bless his uh, soul, had never heard that Poland had been a communist country, had never heard of the Berlin Wall, the fall of the Berlin Wall, had never heard of the fall of the Soviet Union. That's what we're confronting in our schools today, a complete dumbing down of, uh, of, of our generation. So you went through grade school and high school and never learned of these things. Um, obviously... Yeah. The, the concept of Americanism, the concept of liberty and freedom. America itself, although a place, is really more of an idea. That idea is of that individuality and that freedom. And I, I've always believed we've been in a Cold War. Do you see uh, that war coming again, uh, 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 being presented by young people? Do you see a revolution, an ideological revolution uh, demand. What do you What do you see in the future? I don't. I'm not uh, in revolutionary uh, monsters. Uh, what I want, what I sought to do, was to show how uh, uh, bad ideas such as Marxism uh, and uh, radical jihadism, in the t- case of uh, Iran, enter into uh, the culture with the first with the young along with the intelligentsia and how that uh, begins to sow the seeds of revolution so I don't think I'm uh, I'm not the book is a warning that we're going to have a, a Bolshevik uh, takeover here or a revolution you know uh, I'm his I'm a historian I can't predict the future but there is a warning to our young people about, about being captured, as you put it, with these uh, dreamers who are going to promise uh, complete social uh, equality. And that's what we're getting from the uh, left today. We're going to have, uh, think about it, we're supposed to have tree equity. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, that's in this, I, mean, I mean, it's like mind boggling. Uh, and we're going to have equity and housing, uh, equity and, uh, and, and wealth uh, that, that you, if you're, uh, you're going to have to, you can, you can avoid paying your rent. Uh, and so this is, uh, you know, these are uh, revolutionary, uh, radical ideas that are being, being uh, permeated, that are being propagandized on our uh, students and our young once you see the ideas of this kind of collectivism and socialism that are now in our society, uh, individually, when you see the ones that have been there for 60 years, for 70 years, I kind of have been looking recently at some of the anti-communist Soviets that were forced to and, and born and lived in Russia during the time of the Soviet Union. They all have one thing in common, and that was that they insisted that they themselves and the people that they interacted with they confronted and rejected the lie of this utopian statism, this 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 heaven, communist heaven on earth. And through that, they really kind of created a wave that you could argue took down the Soviet Union from the people's perspective. Do you think that's a way to fight it now is to just constantly reject, point out, reject the so-called noble lie of the utopian statist? 
Well, Sean, that's a very uh, intelligent observation you uh, made. Uh, there's no doubt that uh, heroic individuals standing up uh, and uh, being dissidents in a totalitarian system uh, uh, can sow the seeds of, uh, of uh, eventual overthrow of, uh, of, uh, of that government. But the Soviet Union was in many ways unique. Uh, we've seen uh, in China, Cuba, Iran today, popular protests being uh, put down. The other thing that we need to be really fearful of, and I think you were heading in this direction, Sean, is what was uh, called by discounts in Eastern Europe the captive mind. Many people, uh, you know, you have for every dissident, you have uh, people willing to live under the system as long as it's not uh, too disruptive to their lives. After you terrorize the people, each of these revolutionary regimes, as I describe in Revolutionary Monsters, the uh, uh, so-called liberator uh, comes to power, and they terrorize uh, the people, uh, arrest uh, dissidents, make a one-party state, and then uh, indoctrinate the uh, students, and then people are pretty complacent uh, in, in daily life. They might complain about the bad ac economics, but you know they they just uh, they they get on with their lives and, uh, and and it becomes captive minds and then you have uh, uh, party leaders and intellectuals who basically go along with the system and apologize for the system so that's what we're facing right now that we need to uh, stand stand up and fight for liberty and I. Uh, and shows such as yours are uh, central to America. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. As I'm looking at the list, I think that the most I, – I, I'm, I'm going to give you my take on it, and you tell me yours. I think the most successful of the despotic dictators was Mao because he was able to implement a vision of one-party rule of communism, yet he was – able to also implement the idea that you could use the weapon of the capitalist against him. Who's your favorite and why? Yeah, the, uh, Lenin understood the, uh, and all these revolutionaries, uh, from, uh, discussing revolutionary monsters from Lenin, Mao, Castro, and, uh, Khomeini, Mugabe, understood that, uh, that they could capture the, uh, ruling elite. Uh, and uh, get them to go along with the uh, program. Uh, they also, all of them, manipulated the uh, Western press, and we see that, uh, as you mentioned in your opening, with people, uh, young people still wearing Che Guevara and uh, uh, shirts and, uh, and T-shirts and buttons. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's outrageous. Uh, uh, che Guevara was basically, as I described in Revolutionary Monsters, was a was a psychopath. I mean, a literal. Uh, many people thought he was a a, a, a psychopath who who was a serial killer. Uh, and uh, you know, people were wearing uh, buttons of this guy, and it's it was perpetuated by the uh, Western press who went along with it. I mean, Khomeini was, uh, as I discussed in Revolutionary Monsters, was seen as like a, a simple but scholarly uh, man. Uh, and 
I read if you uh, and I read his books in translation. He was uh, anti-Semitic as uh, foul as uh, as Hitler. There was no scholarship in his rantings. But anyway, that's where we are. So we need all of us need to stand up right now because I'm I, uh, I'm older than you are, Sean. You were talking about being kind yeah. of describing yourself as old man. I've I've lived much longer. I'm a historian uh, and uh, well trained. One, by the way, I was trained at uh, Berkeley, and uh, so the uh, we're see- I've never seen in my lifetime, such a threat to, to, to liberty as I've ever seen. It is extraordinary what we're seeing in this uh, country right now. I want to thank you on behalf of my kids, who I'm going to give your book to. They're in college now. And on well, behalf thank you very much. I mean it. I think this is a very, very important book. I want to thank you for writing it, Five of the Deadliest Revolutionary Monsters. Where can the people go to buy it? Well, you can. I, I would just Google it. You can see it uh, either with the publisher, Regnery. Uh, it's uh, being sold at uh, Target. Uh, there are other. You don't have to go to Amazon, although Amazon uh, dictates seventy percent of the market right now. But you can buy the book. Uh, I would. Uh, I mean, I did not write this book to uh, get rich. I did uh, write it uh, to sell copies so I could go on uh, your show. I wrote it as a wake-up call uh, to our youth. I want parents and grandparents to give it to their kids, pass it on to your neighbors. And if you have a neighbor who's uh, uh, a left-wing kook, give them uh, give them this book, and it will keep them up at night, uh, seeing that they're uh, that they're uh, that we have dissidents in this country, and they're not going to take it over that easily. Yeah, and they need to be woken up. They're commingling with tyranny, Donald. Critchlow, thank you, not just for coming on the show, but thank you for writing the book. I truly appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on, and uh, keep up your good work. I know as a radio commentator that you think that you're just doing it every day, trying to fill up space, but you're doing an important job, too. So thank you very much, Sean. I appreciate it. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and I go, can't go, but don't you. I don't ever mind being corrected when I'm wrong. I really don't. Correct me when I'm wrong. I use it as a learning experience. But the last thing I appreciate is when I'm corrected and you're wrong, dummy. I don't like to be corrected when somebody else is wrong. I don't like to be told I'm wrong and then the evidence proves I'm right, although it does give me a chance to say I'm right. I made a comment about Rittenhouse. I guess he uh, went for his plea. He said it should be dismissed. I said it should be Mortal Kombat, which apparently is the way of the land here in Illinois, although it's in Kenosha, but I didn't know what the hell he was doing there. I said, how did his mother let him go there? We had a caller in the show who said, I'm wrong. He had a job there. No, 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 dummy. You're wrong, and you can prove it. And I I probably shouldn't have called the guy dummy, but you know what I mean. Chicago Tribune, Kyle Rittenhouse's mother didn't know what the hell he was doing the night of the fatal shooting. He had no business in Kenosha. Um, the mother says she would have tried to stop her teenage son, so I apologized to her. I said, what the hell is she doing? He didn't know. Poor thing. Probably working. Um, since the shooting and the rest of it, the moral of the story is he's probably a decent kid who made a very bad decision. He was probably swindled into the decision. What I remember is that somebody hired him to protect a uh, a car lot or whatever the case is. And when you see him, you see he's a nice kid. I'm mad because it's a stupid decision that could have been avoided. Stupid should never have been up there. And the minute somebody tells you, and bring your AK-47, you should think twice. He's just a kid. 
who for no reason went up there to stop people of who were evil. Antifa, BLM, we're going up there to burn and loot because that's their job. That's what they do, the scoundrels and scumbags. My thing is this kid shouldn't have been involved. Simple. Now that he is involved, I think he should use their own stupidity against them. Just say it was mutual combat. After all, Antifa and BLM went up there for combat. And you went up there. Kim Fox, I would make her my defense lawyer. How's that? There you go, peanut head. Now defend me using your same stupid logic of why you won't protect the people of Illinois and Chicago specifically. See, that's how you got to outthink these morons. After all, their entire scheme is built on lies and fraud and abuse. But at no time should this kid have been up there. Sorry, you're wrong. You're wrong. He shouldn't have been up there. He shouldn't have done it. I understand why he did it and all the arguments of self-defense. Absolutely. But he put himself in that situation. Should have been at home watching something good, reading a book on the five deadliest revolutionaries, understanding how to fight this with his mind, not with his weapon. That's how you're going to beat tyranny, communism, socialism. It's by exposing the lies of it and not giving them what they want. 312-642-5600. I'm going to take the... Yeah, we're going to take the calls. I'm going to take the calls. Got a lot of people upset with the... You misunderstand. I mean, I don't know how you could. I think the kid is too valuable to lose to this system. I think it could have been avoided. I'm fighting for him, not against him. But that doesn't mean I have to, like, wrap him with a flag and you go get him. No, it was the wrong move. It's the wrong approach. This is a war of ideology. And he's worth a thousand of those scumbag Antifa BLM terrorists. A thousand. They were there to burn the joint down. You were imported there at 18 years old, hired by the, the used car salesman to protect his lot. You go protect your lot. What do you got the 18-year-old doing it for? So the whole thing could have been avoided, and that's why I say he should not have been there. He's now in a system where these judges and the system itself is politicized, political. He's a political prisoner. That's what he is. Of course, it was self-defense, but you put yourself in that situation. That's the beef. Darlene in Tinley Park. Hi, Sean. This deplorable taught all the isms. I taught at a business college for many years, but I also taught in high school and college. I taught the distinction among capitalism, socialism, and communism. As a matter of fact, I I taught it to my high school students when I was taking them to the IMC to work on their project, and that's exactly when the Twin Towers was hit also. Oh, my God. Yep, that's the comment I wanted to make, and I agree with you on the Wittenhouse thing. Oh, see, that's all that matters is somebody like you agrees with me. Because here's another thing I want to say to you. You know the problem with you, darling? You you had to retire. What the hell's wrong with you? I needed you to stay young forever. I I needed teachers like you to be in the system forever. What the hell did you do? Did you get old on me? No, no. See, I taught mainly at a business college, but when I taught in high school, Sean, I had miscarriages around the high school, so I never got tenured in high school, but I also taught at the junior college level. I don't have the teacher's pension, but I'm fine. I'm 82 years old, and I raised my five children alone. I was Catholic, but I I got an annulment. I raised them alone. But like I said, I taught all the isms, and the kids are not taught any civics. And as a matter of fact, I read not too long ago that 33 Christopher Columbus statues have been taken down. What is wrong well, we have communism right now in absolutely. our society when everything is mandated now listen to how vibrant and wonderful and full of the grasps of the issue you have what happened to joe biden he's younger than you he sounds like he could be he's old enough to be your father what the hell happened to him 
Hey, I shouldn't say this, but he's an a-hole. Oh. And you know what? <laughs> Technically, I'm a Catholic, and I took canon law. Technically, he is excommunicated because of the sin of apostasy. So is uh, um, Pelosi and him, Biden, and I think Durbin. They all are guilty of apostasy, and it's right in my canon law book, canon number 915. Wow. But um, nobody is saying anything publicly about it but Darlene in Tenley Park. Well, Darlene, I hope you live another 180 years. I love you. And you keep it up, and don't you slow down for anybody. Don't listen to them. And I'm proud of you. I wish I would have been one of your students, but I know that the ones that were benefited. Thank you, Darlene, for the call. I appreciate it. It was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful call. Miles on 294. Hello? Yes, hi. Hey, Sean. I love the idea about the protest withdrawing the money from the banks. Is there going to be a specific date for that? If they pass it, I should say when, because, you know, I believe they will. I believe that you have to corrupt only a few people, and they could do it. They got, after all, they're promising endless tolls of money and future power of the politician in this country as he becomes the Soviet oligarch and God among men. So if it happens, I think this is something that you organize. This is something that you organize, and you use guys that are really can create some damage. You use guys who, although in the system, never became corporatists. I don't know a lot about um, Griffin. But I know he's got to be irritated when he's lectured to by trust fund babies and morons and part of the problem, like Pritzker and the rest of them. But I do know there are guys out there, and I'm not going to embarrass him specifically, but I know him, and he's a hedge fund guy, a very powerful guy, who is a capitalist and speaks very eloquently against corporatism and the bastardization of our markets and freedom itself. And guys like that who have billions of dollars, once they say, I think I want my money out, do you know the calamity it creates, Miles? So here's what we'll do. When it passes... I don't have have billions, but I'd be prouder than my first vote as a citizen. I love it, Miles. And when it happens, I'm not kidding you, I'm going to reach out to these people and see if we can organize that because you will destroy the system that is built on their fraud. So stay tuned is the best answer I have. Thank you, Miles. I appreciate it. Uh, Lloyd Gurney. Hello. Hi, Lloyd. Hey, I was wondering, what do you think? How long is it going to take for these Democrats, I know Nazis, Russians, commies, whatever they are, to start looking for us radio listeners with radio direction finders (laughs) <laughs> and imprison us. Well, I think I'm the canary in the coal mine. When you hear me get ripped off the air with a big wooden cane by a bunch of guys in Hugo Boss suits, run for the hills. That's the best advice I could give you. In the meantime, Lloyd, me, you, Miles, we're going to put up the fight. We are going, Darlene, let's not forget Darlene. We are going to put up the fight. And it's through that knowledge that their biggest enemy is, the idea that women don't buy their spiel and recognize them for the manipulative frauds and liars they are. The idea that there are minorities, people who they bank on to be the willful slaves, and their step-and-fetch votes, even though they're forced to live in the ghettos they create, start to think for themselves and start to recognize exactly what's happening when they hear Kim Fox, when they see the corruption of the teachers' union, when they recognize you're not doing a service for their kids. In fact, you're advocating that you kill them, and in the event you don't, they become their useful idiots. Then you'll start to shake things up and make people nervous. So I think that could happen, and I think it is happening, because the greatest foil of all is the most obvious liar of them all. Raising the debt limit comes down to paying what we already owe. Now, there are people out there that say, boy, that doesn't make sense to me. Now, maybe they don't know the nuances of basic 
free market capitalism, but they know that's a BS lie. And if they know that's a lie, maybe they'll start to look into the other lies of their build back better. Maybe they'll start to realize you're corrupting a system that not only has made Joe Biden worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and his crack addict son and the rest of his scumbag idiot brother and his sister too handsome devil that she is, but the rest of them. Maybe they'll look into the fact that, boy, this art that's being sold for millions and millions and millions of dollars really sucks. Maybe it's a bribe. What the hell is this kid doing on the board of Ukrainian natural gas companies, on Amtrak, Chinese investment firms? Maybe they'll put two and two together and realize that math is not racist. People who are telling you it is are. Maybe then we can win. 312-642-5600. Return to Sender. The best, baby, the king. I gave a letter to the postman. He put it in his sack. He wouldn't have stood for this nonsense. Bright and Proud America. Morning. Did you ever he see Elvis and Nixon? I think we talked about it. Oh, funny, you got to watch it. You'll laugh. Funny, good stuff. All right, I always like, don't get me wrong, I like when people disagree with me, but I love when they agree with me, too. Dave in Wheaton. Hey, Sean. Um, sorry, I haven't called recently. I've been mourning Bill uh, McDonald, and it's really hard to mourn him because you watch his videos and he's still funny. But anyway, um, <laughs> regarding the kid up at <laughs> um, Kyle Rittenhouse, um, there's a firearms instructor, a, uh, a Marine's Marine, Clint Smith, the other Clint, and his saying is, if you if you know there's going to be a gunfight, you don't show up. Yeah, I mean, and, doesn't it? Isn't it upsetting knowing you know you're you're an older fellow yourself, knowing what this kid is hey, actually hey, hey. what he's facing at 18 years old, and and you see him in the videos. Yeah. He's just a good kid, just an innocent good kid who had all the right intentions in the world, and now he's in a system. That's politicized, that's corrupt, that's hell-bent on making an example out of them. When just across the border, the other side of that politicized judicial system has enacted a mutual combat law where now the gangbangers can walk after they kill each other and shoot in the houses and the rest of it. It's nauseating to see what this kid faces. I'm actually fighting on behalf of the kid. I wish I could go back in time and grab him by that ear and say, you're not going anywhere, dummy. Get back in the house. And the whole his whole life would be better. Thank you, Dave. You know, I appreciate the call, and I feel the same way you do about Norm MacDonald. Tom Sherville. Yeah, Sean, I agree with you that Rittenhouse should not have been there. However, uh, nobody's going to miss the scumbags he took out, and they would have killed him had he not done what he did. So he's going to walk on a self-defense. I hope you're right. He's going to. I hope you're right. I don't. I don't disagree with even your point. He's he's worth a thousand of other uh, people that that believe in Marxism and communism and this idea you can destroy property because you don't have your your mood isn't right and the climate isn't right. So let's burn innocent property. They're scum of the earth, and they always have been. And that's why it's a shame that he's up for the chance and the gamble that it won't go that way. I mean, you're talking about a court system that's very similar to the Democrat mafia court system in Cook County. Very similar. And now it's even in the news, and you see what the, the Marxist mafia members, foot soldiers, do to politicians. They follow them in the bathroom, the ladies' room. They they beat on their door. They swim on their But whatever the case is, they have no decency. They want to intimidate, extort, to believe the lie. 
and they're getting their way in case you're not watching. We got an 80 year old in diapers that can't go to the bathroom by himself that stands on the verge of breaking the damn country. He's out there spewing Mao, Maoism, Castroism, Leninism, Stalinism, Trotskyites for you intellectuals in Winnetka. Nonetheless, it's one collectivist fraud, and he's at the helm spewing this stuff, and it's catching on to kids. I got old ladies, corrupt old bags like Janet Yellen, that have bastardized our entire banking system, the swindle, that are telling people Build Back Better is actually a plan. No, it's not. It's to perpetrate a lie. It's a con job. Don Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. You know, we get it because we listen to radio like you. But, you know, uh, I remember not too long ago, about 30 years ago, when the government was telling us we weren't saving enough money, we weren't investing, we weren't taking care of ourselves, and then suddenly we did. And then they stopped saying to, to, you know, to, to, to do that. And we created new businesses because of the investment world that was created because of all our wealth. But what do I say to my neighbor who looks at his uh, uh, Vanguard statement every quarter and says, wow, the economy's doing great, but he doesn't understand that the biggest customer to the Fortune 500 is his tax money, and, and, and he doesn't get it. Because Walter E. Williams said, stimulating the economy is the equivalent of taking a bucket of water from the deep end of the pool and pouring it into the shallow. And that's what you just said right there is how you straighten him out. And you tell him that his dignity is worth more than his 401k if he has it. If not, then he's bound by his uh, numbers in his checkbook. I'll be back in 21 hours. I had a great time. This is one of my favorite shows. I love this stuff. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.